Hi, this is What's New Today and I'm Sangeeta, your host. In this episode, I'm joined by Smyan, a fourth grader who loves tigers. So in the previous episode, we shared stories about how tender and caring tigers can be. If you're shocked at the idea of a tiger being caring, and if you haven't heard that episode, I highly recommend that you do. But jumping into Project Tiger, a mammoth project that India launched in 1973 to save its tigers. Sometimes our national parks are just not enough for too many tigers to survive. Right? If there's a tiger, then they have a bunch of tiger cubs. Beyond a point, that park will not have enough space for them to move around, right? Yeah. What do you think they'll do then? They'll try to ask the government so that they can extend the space a little bit. Yeah, that's true. So very often uh, the national park areas are extended so that then these tigers can move into that area. So when tigers go there to occupy that space, what happens is that tigers are looking for food. On occasion, they wander outside the forest also. If they don't find enough food inside the forest and they may prey upon the livestock that people own. They usually do not prey upon the people, but they'll prey prey upon, say, the cows or the buffaloes or the goats that they, um, these farmers and the villagers have. And they lead them up. Now, if you were the villager and you owned a cow and your cow has been eaten up by the tiger, what will you do? I'll have to... Uh, we'll actually have to report to the national park to put food inside the forest so that it does not <laughs> eat my domesticated animals. <laughs> You're an evolved soul that you have thought of the ecosystem and the implications. But usually people react immediately with anger. <laughs> you don't think through all these steps. If I'm the person who owns the cow, my First reaction is anger towards the tiger. What do you think a bunch of villagers who are very angry with the tiger would do? They would kill the tiger. Absolutely. When the tiger comes for hunting for food, it will. they will trap the tiger and kill it. Yeah, correct. So they would go, they would figure out how to trap the tiger in one space. And they might use spears or bows and arrows or in modern days, they might even be able to get a gun or so and kill it. This is a slightly easier way by by which most tribals kill tigers. And this was something that did happen, I think, once when a new tiger was introduced in the forest near the India-Nepal border. I think a tiger had gone off and eaten the livestock. The villagers got so angry So whenever a tiger kills a a piece of livestock, it doesn't finish eating the whole of it then and there. It will come back the next day and eat some of it. Like it will eat some immediately. It will come back the next day and eat the remaining. And if there are cubs, then it will usually go back to fetch the cubs so that all of them can together eat the food. What the villagers do is they know that the tiger and her cubs, the tigress and her cubs might come back. They will poison that dead livestock. That's an easy way to kill the tiger, right? Yeah, but it is but it is very sad if, if a tiger cub eats it. Very sad. I completely agree. 
but the villagers don't think that far ahead they are not as evolved as mian that they think oh the ecosystem inside the national park does not have enough prey let's add more prey for the tiger the reaction is usually immediate anger and they kill the tiger and the tiger cubs the way you just said it they are so, very selfish they are very selfish <laughs> okay maybe they are maybe that that livestock was their only source of income maybe they don't have any other way to give vent to their anger whatever it was but ranjit singh ji had already foreseen this before project tiger was introduced he introduced one very important clause he said the minute a tiger kills a piece of livestock owned by a villager the main forest officers have to be informed the forest officers have to rush to that spot instantly so that they can compensate or they can give money to the villagers for the price of that cow that they've lost do you think this is an idea a fundamentally good idea yeah because uh, because if if the tiger comes back and eats the livestock then the forest officers will play will pay and the villagers will be able to uh, Uh, use that money to buy whatever livestock they have lost, and they won't be angry towards the tiger. Most importantly, so that way you protect the tiger and its cubs. So this is one of the important provisions that Ranjit Singh Ji added in India's Wildlife Act. So thanks to this, a lot of wildlife—not just tigers, even lions, even leopards, even panthers. whenever they wander outside a forest and eat livestock india's acts allows for instant indemnification or immediately paying money to those people who own the livestock so that no villager no tribal will ever feel the need to harm the creatures inside when ranjit singh ji was a little boy he was a he was actually a prince of a kingdom in gujarat he is part of a royalty yeah so his mama ji used to own a his mama ji was also a king he was a king of a uh, kingdom called dungarpur so whenever his mama ji saw that a tiger or a leopard ate up the livestock immediately even if it was in the middle of the night he would get up and go and meet that villager and instantly pay them money because his mama ji knew even then this is like before indian independence that if you allow villagers to get angry then we will lose our wildlife very quickly so that is how the maharajas then used to protect wildlife it was it was very good he was really intelligent and smart to think of such an idea Almost every state in India today has a tiger reserve. One of the most popular wildlife reserves is a reserve called Bandhavgarh in Madhya Pradesh. There's Ranthambore in um, Rajasthan. Do you think there are tigers in eastern India, like Assam? Uh, yeah, like Bengal is in the uh, east part of India. Mm-hmm. And the Bengal tiger is just named after that state. the bengal tiger named after the state so therefore we must have <laughs> we must have tigers in eastern india excellent thinking
yes there are a lot of tigers if you in eastern parts of india also if you happen to visit kaziranga sanctuary uh, in assam you will find rhinoceros and tigers there so now how do you think we find out how many tigers are there in each of these reserves i think the forest officers they will be in um, different parts of the reserves and they will and they will count the number of tigers they see and they all will report to one person of the reserve okay so let's say i you are a forest officer and i give you a jeep and you can drive that jeep inside the forest how will you go about counting these tigers let's say you see you see a tiger here front you count you take your notebook and you write the number 1 yeah then you'll drive on ahead what will you do next according to the number of tigers i see i keep writing it in a notebook how do you know it is if you let's say you see a tiger a little further ahead as you drive in side the forest how do you know it was not the same tiger you saw earlier that has wandered in here maybe the forest officers have a special way of recognizing tigers differentiating between the tigers yeah it can be you may be right <laughs> i don't know <laughs> if they have a special way if it there were a special way what all do you think you would consider it would be very easy to count a tiger very easy to count a tiger but what characteristics would you consider to differentiate between tigers i'll see if it is shy if it is really scared or if it is brave according Uh, and and how it looks uh, according accordingly i'll have to note down in my book wow i like how you thought about the emotional characteristics of a tiger if it's shy if it's brave if it's scared <laughs> wonderful i think the first thing that came to my mind is i'd probably look at the Uh, the pattern of the stripes of the tiger or you know how tall or short but it's really fascinating that you thought of the emotional aspects of the tiger or the tigress wonderful smian primarily india has used uh, the pug marks of a tiger as the way to track how many tigers are there just like human beings have fingerprints right which are very different yeah. each one of us has a different fingerprint like that the pug mark of every tiger and its cub is considered unique and like you said these forest rangers and trackers not all rangers but there are trackers so puggies they know how to read these pug marks so they if they see a pug mark they'll know if it's a male or a female tiger they will know exactly which tiger they have every tiger in our forest has a name by the way for example there used to be a very famous tiger called machli in ranthambore i don't think machli is alive right now if you were to go to a forest ask a tracker or a ranger ki please tell me what are the tigers i might see today they'll give you names you'll you, you'll meet uh, kaveri or you will meet kumar so the, those are the kind of names they'll tell you they have names for these tigers in uh, in one of the videos you had sent me i when the um, there was one uh, tiger his name was beam his or her name was his, probably his his name was beam that tiger's child's name was chota beam chota beam <laughs> yeah so they have 
for names for every tiger right so the puggies the people who read the pug marks the minute they see the pug mark they'll say acha this one is lalita's this one is bheem or this one is chota bheem they'll tell you immediately after they see the pug mark itself wow so that was the main method india had traditionally used to count its number of tigers across the reserves but we seem to have lost this tradition of skilling people on how to read the pug mark so not many people know how to do it so we are now relying on technology so there are camera traps in forests everywhere so they keep taking photographs of tigers as they pass but between the two which method would you choose camera trap or pug marks i think pug marks because i think pug marks are very accurate absolutely maybe we should even go back and revive the how uh, revive the art of being a puggy it's actually taught from a father to a son to a son so there are no schools unfortunately where you can go and learn how to read a pug mark so if your father is a puggy then he'll take you in the morning you know even if you're a little boy you can go with your father into the forest as they walk around and they'll show you the pug marks so you learn from seeing the pug marks every day with your father when he goes for his walk inside the forest and you will yourself start recognizing acha this is machli or this is uh, rani and they'll find out immediately the child also will start saying that very quickly so by the time you're 12 or 14 years old you will yourself know how to read pug marks very very well is this more interesting than learning maths much more interesting <laughs> yeah <laughs> unfortunately we all don't live near wildlife natural parks and i'm pretty sure neither your father nor my father <laughs> knew anything about reading pug marks but i think it's a fascinating life yeah no for sure yeah i can say that for sure fabulous so where india stands with respect to tiger conservation as we wrap up this episode We have about three thousand five hundred tigers, which is definitely a good number. But still, many of India's conservationists think that this number can easily go up to ten thousand or so. If there's one thing that you'd like to tell listeners, one trivia about tigers, what would that be? Uh, the first one is I'm sure many people know this. Uh, tiger tiger cubs are blind at birth. first i don't think many people know that tiger cubs are born blind so when can they start seeing when they grow a little mature which is i think 3 4 months older only they can start seeing right yeah wow very interesting if you could meet india's project tigers chief what would you tell him i would have told him you did a really great job try trying to uh, conserve these tigers Wonderful. All right, I'll pass on your compliments to whoever's to the Project Tigers chief in India. Maybe he will send you a thank you note also. You know, always anybody who's doing some good work, when they hear compliments from children, they feel very thrilled. So, to all our listeners, young and old, if there are any words of appreciation or compliments or suggestions that you'd like to send Project Tigers way, there's a small space below. scroll down if you're listening to this on spotify you'll find a place where you can leave your suggestions by clicking a reply button if you're listening to this on any other platform we would be very happy to collate all your suggestions and email them to project tiger but you can send your suggestions to us at hello@wsnt.in 
Thank you, Smian. Did you have fun chatting? Yeah. Well, it's very good because it's the first time I'm doing a podcast. Was this like what you had thought it would be? Much more than I expected. Wonderful! I had a lot of fun chatting with you, Smian. Thank you so much. Stay tuned. In the next episode, we bring the Asiatic lions and their stories. New episodes on what's new today come out every Monday and Friday. Thanks for listening.